This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan, this is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay. Just do it more like a, next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk Time. Anime, live. comics, movies, and games that come on and let's get it. Talk time live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter where y'all from. And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news, special guests, and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes, all can learn something new me too i heard words but no faith is empty i stayed the course so my haters tempt me beat the podcast that'll make them envy it ain't too trendy it's acmg anime comics movies and games that come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games that come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games that come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games that come on and let's get it talk time live gentlemen welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i am your host xavier josiah for the second time this week doing a prime show if you guys remember there was no big news going on in select start so we didn't talk about pretty much no not too much you know video game news and i didn't have a review i will have an episode this week as i mentioned we will be reviewing scarlet nexus and trust me we're going to be talking about that game because that's that's an interesting piece of work and i mean in a good way um so i'm still in the process of playing it right now but by the time next week comes i will be able to fully talk about it and talk about my experience in that as well as some other news going on in the world of gaming some stuff that just got out just now and we can talk about that later so but in its place we had a prime show early this week talking about batman along the long halloween which is out on digital right now and trust me it is a must watch they like i said before they did a great job go check out that episode to find out the full details of why you should check it out as well um also this week we were going to stretch it all out too because there's so much news going on so on this episode we're going to talk about fast nine the fast saga the latest edition of the fast and furious saga and justin lynn uh we're we're gonna see we're gonna talk about whether he did it again how did this fare post COVID? you know there was a lot going on in terms of trying to get this movie out between the uh hobbs and shaw movie that came in and kind of 
messed up the schedule of the whole thing to COVID coming. You know, how did they fare? How did this did this did the COVID affect this movie? We'll talk about all that in our talk topic of the week. Um, there's a lot to talk about in this movie as well. So uh, but we got some great news to talk about, some trailers to talk about, some really big news involving one of our favorite new um, comic book adapted series and such. So without further ado, let's not waste any time. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to talk trailers right now because they like i said there was a ton of news that was going on in the world of our favorite fandoms this week so much so that we were able to stretch it out into two and right after i did the first show the first prime show this week more news came and two trailers came that we're definitely going to talk about one of which is shang chi uh we got a chance to see a full-on trailer like a about like two minute trailer this week uh that was announced uh to be shown during the NBA playoffs, which was awesome. And we finally get to see this trailer. It's about two minutes long and we get to see a little bit more of things. For instance, we finally get to see what the rings look like and what they can do and how they work in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, for those who are Marvel comic fans, you know that the original 10 rings that the Mandarin wore is exactly what you saw on Iron Man 3 that was portrayed by the fake Mandarin Ben Kingsley and it was originally jewelry that was that you wear on your fingers in the Marvel Cinematic Universe apparently the rings are now bracelets uh bracelets that you could use and they you know optimize and size to whoever is the holder of the rings and they possess just as much awesome power as you would expect from the original rings here and you know so far i heard no blowbacks from any fans online especially those who are considered themselves comic book or marvel purists anybody nobody had any beef about the rings i think it is awesome i think it makes sense for what i understand or was told that you know these resemble bracelets that you know you actually do combat with in martial arts so I don't you know to know to what extent i've never seen that before but it's awesome nonetheless and if they i if i've seen this before i want them <laughs> but they I, I thought they were really well done I, I i'm well aware of the mandarin character and what he's has. we also didn't I, I think we got a glimpse of the mandarin but it's, it looked like a flashback type of situation so i don't know if the if the real mandarin is in modern time i think he's going to be a flashback i don't i don't know don't quote me it could possibly be but we get to see him but we also see this new character who is possessing the ten rings we also find out that the rings are a part of shang chi's family uh his family dynasty as well uh we see lots of action going on in this um in this in this trailer uh him with aquafina um and his character uh, her character on nair as well um he's fighting off against a bunch of gang of assassins and, and people in, in, in his clan or whatever or whatnot we also see crouching tiger hitting dragon actor michelle yeo as uh jung nan and who looks like to be shang chi's mentor or even mother 
here. We also see her get into action as well. She goes into a, a fighting stance almost in the same style as as Avatar uh, Last Embrider. We she looks like kind of doing the uh, thing that Aang does when he ever uh, does an issue. And it does look like she's airbending as well, because there's a bunch of chi followed by a bunch of leaves that are going in unison in a circle, almost in like in a yin yang formation. And it's it's going to be interesting. I'm surprised there hasn't been any uh, comparisons or memes out right now comparing what she did to that of Avatar. But I, I I'm very much interested. I always love when she is in any role. She is a phenomenal actor. Uh, I loved her in Crouch of Tiger, Hit Dragon. I loved her. Uh, I believe she was in Crazy Rich Asians uh, too, of course. Um, amongst other movies that she's been a part of, she's just, she's wonderful. Absolutely uh, um, love her, uh, her, her skills and abilities. Um, but let's talk about one of the biggest things in this trailer that we saw. One of which was the return of Abomination. We get to see Abomination. We've seen him for the first time since The Incredible Hulk in 2008. And that's huge. That is absolutely huge. He's been mentioned so many times throughout, uh, like literally throughout the time since then. He was, he was mentioned on Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. I remember that because they threatened him uh yeah they mentioned blonsky and other uh forms i think in tv shows or in uh movies as well so it kind they all they did kind of hint that he was eventually going to come back but we didn't know when and with the credible with them not making an incredible hawk movie anytime soon if not ever and it, with him not uh you know we didn't know to what extent he was coming back well we finally get to see him and he's back on Shang-Chi. And in fact, he's going to be fighting Shang-Chi. So the fact that you have somebody of his caliber fighting Shang-Chi and Shang-Chi is nothing is not a new character that just came out of the blue people. Um, he's a character that's been in the comics since like the 70s, I believe. And it just wasn't one of those characters that, you know, one of those books that was popular or really big selling at the time. Uh, and it was around that same level as you know luke cage and everything in terms of like the the street level and all this stuff and they never really followed up with him and now they just decided to revamp him in, in hopes that they can really do something new and awesome with him and i like the idea that what they did uh and i remember seeing those books when i was used to go to like 7-eleven and you know places where they used to sell comic books in the corner stores and all the stuff his books was always around there and it, it acquired a certain fan base at, at some time but not majorly but now it looks like it's getting a resurgence and revitalized. And I love the way they're going with this. And having him fight somebody like Obama, um, Abomination is a big deal because you're only the best protagonist based on the level of antagonist that you face. And I said the same thing when I was reading, when I was reading, and I'm starting to read the, um, the champions again, on the Marvel Comics uh, series champions, which is like the new breed of uh heroes that separated themselves from the avengers and they wanted to make their own you know team and have their own agenda which was kind of different from what the adults were doing and i felt like the only thing that was taken away from them is the people that they face if their antagonist is not big enough then it's not going to make them look good well 
I've been reading lately, and apparently they're facing off against Thanos and all bunch of other people. So they are now shifting them into some big, big deals. And this is great because I love the concept of the champions, and I love the concept of what they're doing with um, Shang Chi. So hopefully this is you know the beginning he's hopefully that just means he'll be joining the avengers or the next generation of avengers and all and such and i'm looking forward to seeing what this movie is going to entail who's going to be what cameo appearances are we going to see because it's guaranteed we're going to see some um some damn uh cameos in here from people of other movies and whatnot and what next steps they're going to go with this character the other possibly big character that we may have seen and they didn't show even if you watch the subtitles on the embedded version also on social media, didn't tell you who this character was because he did this character didn't talk or do anything. But Shang-Chi's in and like deep in the water. And lo and behold, this huge dragon pops up. If you're a Marvel Comics fan, the first thing that should have come to your mind and probably did was the appearance of possibly Fin Fang Foom. This is huge. That's like Fin Fang Foom is a one of those above and beyond huge, gigantic, you know, villain characters. Um, like much like Dormammu on Doctor Strange, much like Ego on Guardians of the Galaxy, and to some extent Galactus on <laughs> Rise of the Silver Surfer, even though we didn't really get to see Galactus at all. But he's that level. So the fact that they're possibly and the reason why I'm thinking it is him is because this is already based off of the Mandarin. And again, for those who don't know, the Mandarin and Fin Fang Foom are some of Iron Man's biggest enemies. There, there's, that's part of his biggest rogue gallery of villains that he's ever faced, along with, you know, Crimson Dynamo and a few others and, and Whiplash and all those. Like we were this is this is why I think people were so upset and disappointed about Iron Man 3, not because it wasn't a good movie. It was good, but not great. And you're throwing in one of his all time, like the Mandarin for Tony Stark is like Peter Parker or Spider-Man to Doc Ock. Like that's how big of a rivalry they, this thing is. So it was, people were very disappointed when they didn't get that reward <laughs> per se. They weren't given what they wanted to see. And that was that confrontation with Iron Man and they treated it like it was a, like it was nothing big. And I I totally understand why people were upset about that. I kind of was a little bit disappointed myself. But overall, I did like Iron Man 3. It was not the best film, not it by any means. It probably if anything was probably the it, it rivals that of Thor 2, the uh, Thor the Dark World. Um to some extent in terms of like great greatest uh, of the movies to the lesser of the movies now to me none of the movies are bad or even terrible it's just some are just not as good as the others and, and if anything those are probably dead last two of the movies that you know were considered good or even great so it's like we're they're saving it for shang chi and we're gonna see what's gonna happen here so i'm looking forward to it um this is coming out i, I believe it's coming out september uh, either way, I am so ready for this movie. I am so... Oh, September 3rd. It's coming. So, I am looking forward to this movie indeed. And, uh, yes, Marvel is fully back. So, um, another trailer came this week. And in the world of DC, we get the Suicide Squad. This is 
James Gunn's suicide movie and his vision and his mind and the crazy mind of uh, James Gunn, by the way. And I feel like after watching this trailer, this is the way the Suicide Squad needed to be done. This is what they were trying to do on the first one. They wanted to do they wanted to go the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, route with the last film, but they had one missing element. The guy who created Guardians of the Galaxy. So now they have the guy who created Guardians of the Galaxy to do this and hit the way that it was intended. And it looks like it's going to meet its standards. Um, we get a more in-depth look at the team. We see Idris Alba as Bloodsport talking with Amanda Waller, played by the awesome, wonderful, uh, iconic and award-winning actor Viola Davis, who reminds him uh, that he's an Arkham because he shot Superman with a kryptonite bullet as he uh cleans the prison floor now it's funny that they mention this because i got a feeling we're gonna see henry cavill in here i got a feeling i have a big feeling that somehow some way he's gonna show up in a cameo appearance maybe during the showing the flashback showing of um him doing what he did to superman i would love that i would absolutely love that we see him threaten uh waller with a knife as guards uh aim at him with guns waller aggressively demands the guards to stand down as she explains to him that this mission um she needs him for is way more than the both of them and um she basically with without even a flinch just said what are you going to do you know you're going to join the team or not and he was like i thought you she was like i thought you i don't think there's going to be a better amanda waller in this stage of the game than viola davis the only other one and i forgot her name she's a well-established actor as well uh who, who the only other person i thought that was a, the one of the best amanda wallers ever was in fact this sadly is not angela bassett because they that green lantern movie deserved to be burnt but um and it's not angela bassett's fault it was the it was the writing and direction of that but i would say best one is the from the justice league animated series i think that was my first encounter with the amanda waller character and i love that character but viola davis is living up probably even superseding that portrayal and i i i, I, I she is a force to be reckoned with and that's the way amanda waller is supposed to be portrayed we see different members of the group including of course the return of harley quinn played by margot robbie we got blackguard played by pete davison which looks to be hilarious and a mutant weasel played by sean gunn along with king shark and many many more king shark of course is played playing the groot role this time is sylvester stallone which is hilarious because you got vin diesel playing groot you got sylvester stallone playing uh you know king shark it's like have a have those two have a conversation with the, with their huge deep voices that'll be legendary <laughs> so um you got a lot of things going on them fighting against uh soldiers giant kaiju starfish that is uh a part of the um dc universe it is a story behind that we talked about it a while back um lots of funny scenes including seeing black card trying to figure out whether the weasel is a dog um rick flag tells him that he is a weasel uh, he's not a threat and he's only eating children, which leads to Black Gar freaking out. So uh, this is going to be funny. It's going to be interesting to see who dies in here because, I mean, if there's anything like the last movie, not everybody's going to make it through. And they did promise that not everybody's going to make it through. I feel like Michael Roker is going to be that dude. 
who's not going to make it through. We also see Polka Dot Man, of course, in action, played by Batman star David uh, Dasmalshan. And I'm probably butchering his name again. He played the Scarecrow. He also played as Calendar Man on the recent uh, animated movie, The Long uh, Halloween. So these guys are so DC depth. <laughs> we also see Rick Flagg talking. At the part of the last things you see in the trailer is Rick Flagg trying to talk to King Shark uh, on the on the inner uh, on the walkie-talkie, and it just turned that does not work to the best of Rick's uh, advantage. And that's how the trailer pretty much in. Um, that is coming August. I believe it's coming my, oh my it's coming on my anniversary, <laughs> August 6th, my wedding anniversary, my 16th wedding anniversary is coming August 6th. So I may have to, I'll find a way to watch it. I don't matter of fact, let me look at my calendar here. Let's see what's going on. July, August 6th. It's on a Friday, of course. So yeah, nine chances out of 10. I probably won't be doing a show that weekend, but I'll probably follow up on a Monday um, and do just a late episode that week because I'm probably going to be doing something uh, uh, for my anniversary that week. So stay tuned for that one, but I'm looking forward to it. We also got Space Jam, and a whole bunch of other stuff coming too. So no threats there. Act this is a big one. This is absolutely a big one. Um, so the boys. Amazon Prime, one of Amazon Prime's biggest, most popular shows that they've come out with. They need, they have a show that rivals up to anything Netflix and anything Disney Plus is coming in right now. The Boys is absolutely legit awesome. And what we have here is the latest season coming soon. Season three, season two was just off the chain, and I guarantee season three is just going to be just as crazy. But now. It's coming with one of the most hated. I don't want to say hated actors. That's probably the wrong thing to say, but the actor playing one of the most hated characters in a history of comic book adapted um, TV shows. Actor or actress Lori Holden joins the cast of The Boys, famously known for her portrayal as Andrea Harrison on The Walking Dead and was considered the most hated character ever to appear on the show. So hated that she rivaled that of Game of Thrones character, King Joffy. And you, yeah, you remember all that? Remember back when, when King, uh, Game of Thrones was hot as hell and, and The Walking Dead was hot as hell? Like they were huge back then. And they some some of the portrayals were so great that people legit hate them. Not realizing that they're just actors playing a role. That's a credibility to their performance. But it could be it could be really hard too because you got people who are really really hating you because of the because of the role that you play. Rather, you're gonna take it and embrace it, and to realize that you know people must really love your character that much for them to hate it that much, or it's gonna get to you, and it's it's hard. I think it did do something to the actor who played King Joffy, uh, if I'm correct. Like. People hated his, they hated that character. It wasn't his performance. They hated the character, but that's a credit to his performance because he did it so well that people really hated him. And when he died, it was a big thing. And I think to their, both of their credibilities, they need to be commended. And 
I would say they should have gotten awards for portraying those characters because for you to have a wide range of fans hate you that much or hate your character that much, that means you're doing your job. And it's not easy. Some people really take it to heart and some people don't. It's the pro wrestle thing. It's like if you're playing a heel character, you're going to the job is to be hated. The job is to be so hated that people forget the blurred lines start to kick in and people forget that this is not real. These two uh, characters really did it. Um, Lori Holden as Andrea. Oh my God. I couldn't stand her till for life. Um, and when she died, that, that episode where she died, where she was tied up, over, tied up and um, just, you know, left for bait for the walkers. The internet went crazy. I mean, absolute viral for that as much as they did with King Joffy. It was, you know, what's funny. I believe both of those was the beginning of talk time. Uh, during that time, talk time was in fact created because the original talk, the original talk time, I should say, not the, not the podcast, but talk time was a spoiler zone post that I created that will allow people to talk about the shows and movies that we got to see without spoiling it for everybody else. So it would allow people to have, you know, gather gatherings and thread, you know, the thread. And I, you know, just totally glorified it by giving it a graphic for everything. Like I still do it to this day. And, you know, in, in, in the height of, you know, the internet, when people were actually socializing as much as they, people aren't really socializing that. I just, it, that's the sad part about social media now. Social media is not people socializing. It's more wanting to get your point across. It's not trying to friend with people. It's just you wanting to show that you know what you're talking about. And that's not being social at all. Okay. I sometimes think we need to take classes on how to be social on social media or even in the real world, because it's just the whole idea of it. The ideology of it all is just, it's so messed up, but I digress. That's a whole nother podcast for another time. But you know, so, you know, the talk time posts started around that time. And then like maybe three years later, it led to the podcast coming and here we are. So it all started back around that time. So, um, this is going to be interesting. She is set to play a character known as Crimson Countess. Uh, now in the comics, Crimson Countess is a member of an, another popular elite group of heroes known as Payback, which is led by their leader, Soldier Boy, who will be played by recent Batman actor in the long of uh, from the long holiday and supernatural star Jensen uh, Ackles. So or Ackles. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> Two great additional characters that are coming in for season three, a whole new team that's coming in for season three. How are they going to gel? Are they going to be like the uh, the old group? that, you know, was just wrecking havoc all over the place. And what are, what's going to be the new deal here? So I, I I cannot wait to see this. It's just looking forward to it. No real release date or anything about it either. I didn't read. Um, in fact, do I still have that article up? Uh, let me see if I still have the article. Nothing in terms of date, release date or anything. Yeah, just the acknowledgement that these um, guys are coming. But I, I, I predict that it will most likely come and probably fall 
it is probably due for a fall if, if they didn't have to encounter anything in terms of the um of the pandemic or anything we should be getting them soon so i'm looking forward to that so all right last thing i want to talk about is the latest episode of loki episode three i absolutely love this episode it was this is possibly my favorite episode of the three so far this is the half point now we had three more episodes left this is only a six episode series it's feel like it's just breezing by fast compared to the other two and maybe because it's on a wednesday so we're getting them it feels like we're getting them much faster in term it, compared to um that of the uh falcon and the winter soldier and wandavision so it just it, it doesn't feel as far away even though it's the same amount of days that is um you know that that is spaced out so we finally get to know a little bit more about the female variant low-key quote-unquote which she doesn't like to be called Loki, played by Sofia de Martino, which it it turns out much, even though they did not say it outright, it's no doubt. This woman, this female Loki, quote unquote, is none other than Enchantress. Why do people say that? Not just me. Mostly because they said Enchant in throughout the entire episode almost to the point that it could have been a drinking game so they recognized her powers as enchanting they just said it the whole entire time she's wearing green and yellow which is the same colors of as what enchantress wears in the comics or wherever you find her in it or the um the animated series that she's in or whatever like that it's her it is absolutely her but right now she prefers to be called sylvie <laughs> so we'll go with sylvie the enchantress uh, which I believe is somebody, a, a character in the actual comic books as well. Uh, so that it, it plays into both ways, but I think it's going to assimilate into Enchantress at the end of this whole entire thing. They instead mention the work uh, Enchant in this whole thing. And she does have the ability to control minds uh, of those she touches. Exactly like it. And the episode starts out that way because the variant manipulates. Remember, she, she kidnaps Hunter C-20. Uh, to uh telling and just manipulates her into telling her how many guards are um guarding the kind to timekeepers um and they go into this whole entire situation this whole entire uh type of situation where she almost does some things that loki does in a sense when she manipulates her she makes her feel like they're at a you know at a restaurant or something like that and you know they talk about brain freeze and all this stuff and how brain freeze always freezes what you're thinking there and she tries to you know psych her out to test her out and that's when she asked her how many guards are guarding the timekeepers and then all of a sudden they appear in another restaurant and this whole entire thing so she's you know but then we see her messing with her mind at that point and that's how the show starts um so we have that we, we then see the um we didn't see Sylvie, the Enchantress, infiltrating the TVA, looking for the timekeepers. Loki finds her and decides to face off. Uh, this, lead, this led them to Lamentis 1 because Loki, for some reason, trans, um, trans uh, or teleported them, I should say, to a timeline in, two, in 2077, which is a planet that is destined to be destroyed. After, as their moon is going to crash into it at some point she tried to enchant loki but it didn't work on him 
uh, because he, he claims that his mind is too strong. A funny moment where the two tried to invade a house where a woman uh, just blasts Sylvie yards away with her with this cannon. Loki tries to manipulate her by changing into her, um, her late husband. But for what is worth, it would have worked had he not been too nice. And she she didn't fall for it. She ended up blasting him, too. So they asked her, where is everybody? What's going on in this um, in this planet? And she tells him about the arc that people are going into that, you know, they're boarding the elite of the planet, the rich and the elite, nothing new to get on this. And they make plans to try to get onto this arc. So they pretty much go into this train that everybody's going to, but they need a pass or whatever like that. Loki disguises himself as a guard, takes um, Sylvie as a, as a um, prisoner. They somehow managed to get in. Unfortunately, that failed after the two had several attempts, including traveling by train, which Loki got so drunk that he made a scene and he got kicked off as a result. Both of them got kicked off. So that was one thing that messed them up. They somehow find a way to get on there. But before they got off, there were some great moments, some really great pivotal moments before Loki got drunk and started singing and did all that. The two managed to start to get to know each other. There was a really cool scene where, you know, they were asking about their parents to how they grew up. Uh, apparently, Sylvie uh, didn't know her parents because they were never around. They guess they died before she, you know, ever got a chance to know them. Uh, he told her about his mother or the fact that he was adopted to them and, and such and everything. And it was a really cool moment. They also really got really, really deep in the conversation when they started talking about um, their experiences, their relationship experience, their sexual experience, to which we then find out that Loki is bisexual. He's he's had relationships with both men and women, uh, women in the past. And we kind of knew about this already because they revealed there was already leaks revealed um, weeks ago. And the funny thing is, we never saw that scene where the paperwork um, said it was uh, binary or he, he was binary or uh, bisexual or whatever. Um, but we we it was leaked out. It was already leaked out or purposely leaked out to show that. Uh, and then it was just revealed majorly here uh, from him himself. So that's awesome. That, that's really awesome. And, it, and actually just makes sense for the God of Mischief to be able to go that far as to, you know, find romantic relationships with everybody to get what he wants. So, you know, there's no boundaries at all. So, you know, it, it fits into his character very well. Um, this ended up the, uh, where's my notes here? I'm trying to find my notes, people. This ended up, uh, being a situation where they decided to, uh, work together even more. They finally got to the point where they got to the arc. But before that, before they got to the arc, they were having another conversation in which revealed that the timekeepers or the, yeah, the timekeepers and everybody in the, in the TVA are actual, I believe from what they said, they were actual variants. They weren't, uh, or they weren't variants. They were real pe um, humans. They were taken in and Loki said that he read the books and everything. And it said that everybody's a variant. Sylvie said that's not the case. So there's something deep going on with the timekeepers in the, in the TVA that we're going to start to discover 
that they're not they're not all what they're cracked up to be we got three episodes left to figure out what the hell is going on here so they try to fight their way to get to the ark and unfortunately they can't because the ark um exploded when a meteoric rock crashed into it leaving them in lamantis one and ready to be destroyed with the planet and that's how the actual episode ends of course we know they're gonna find their way out there somehow my biggest question is will sylvie remain in the mcu by the time this series and we got three episodes left um people have been wanting enchantress to come in and you know we got thor love and thunder coming in too is this a segue into that you know a prelude if you will into that movie you know where does this all lead that's where the question is going to lie will loki still be alive after this because he's still a time variant that exists in a certain timeline that's still disrupting the time uh situation we don't know how this is going to happen how this is going to end and will they be able to explain all of this in just three more episodes those questions lie let's, let's put it like this they haven't let us down not one time since the return post you know covid and pandemic time so wandavision has not disappointed falcon and the winter soldier absolutely did not disappoint so far this is not disappointing either but i'm really intrigued as to where this is going so i am enjoying this great ride that the marvel cinematic universe is bringing along and then in about another week or two we are going to have finally black widow which thank goodness i will be able to enjoy in the comfort of my own home we got one more week until the week that that movie comes out and i'm looking forward to it so i let's stay tuned for that but in but speaking of movies let's take a break and come back and talk about my return to the movie theater as i watched fast nine the fast saga i'll talk about that movie as well as my experience back into theaters was it good was it great was it everything i wanted to be oh you're gonna find out and we'll do that right after this Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live. This is Charlotte Chung. And Fred Tatashore. And you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now, it's time for our Talk Topic of the Week. Ready? Play! Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our Talk Topic of the Week, and it is my review of Fast 9, as well as my experience back into theaters after the pandemic. So, what do we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about my experience back in the theater, or do we want to talk about this movie first? All right, let's go with the theater thing first. Um, let's just say uh, I can't say for all theaters that my experience was it, it 
was it was what it was. I, I went to my local theater at the Cinemark, which is uh, like a two blocks away here in University City. You would think now, granted, I'm sure they did really well in terms of, you know, making things safe and cleanly and everything. Everything did look like that. But this was their time. And I, I guess, you know, I don't know because the pandemic uh, didn't allow them to make any money at all. So you got to figure that. But it just felt sad going into the theaters for me, at least, because one, there are still people who are not going to theaters as much as they did. Like for this movie, even during the time that we went, which was like two in the, uh, me and my wife went like two in the afternoon. Pre-COVID, we would have still seen a lot more people in that theater, especially for this movie. It was a handful of people in here at 2 a.m. That's usually the amount of people you see at a 10 a.m. matinee, you know, early matinee, early bird matinee type of deal. This wasn't good, but even more of that, it just didn't feel the same like it did before. Like, I think I felt better watching the HBO Max movies at home. I felt more comfortable. It was more entertaining, uh, better lighting. <laughs> the screen is more optimized there. And I went to this and it just felt like, and it could have been just a Cinemark. I can't speak for Movie Tavern or any other theaters. We have not gone to Movie Tavern yet, but we felt we started off going to the Cinemark and felt like we better, we probably should have went to the um, Movie Tavern for this one because it didn't feel great going back in. And maybe it's just the beginning. Maybe it could be the first one, maybe just another theater. And it could be just, it's going to take time for them to rebuild back up. But I didn't have that same feeling. Now, I, I enjoyed watching the movie there, but not no more, not any more different than I did here in, in my home watching it. Um, it. It's just what it was. And they, they were, there were trailers in the theaters that was trying to convince you that, you know, you can't get the better feeling there in the theater than you can, um, you know, at home than you can in the theater. And from what I saw, yeah, you can. In this case, you really can. It's it just some of the annoyance of the theater was there too. You know, you had the kids, the families with the kids and the kids are always talking or crying there as well. You got people that's always loud. See, when you're at home, you don't have to deal with all that. You can enjoy it for what it is and it's that. So there are some advantages to being at home and watching a movie, you know, with the people that you want to watch it with. You have a controlled environment. You can always invite people that you want to enjoy it with. And if they get loud, you can tell them to shut the hell up <laughs> to that extent. Or you can be in a theater where you can't because you don't know the person and y'all end up getting into a damn fight, you know, or something. Or, you know, they're pushing their chair back and they're, you know, it's like a whole bunch of crap. It's like there are some positives and negatives to theaters at this time in, in, in contrast to being at home. And let's just say for the first time, and I'm not going to rule it out. It's just, I would say my experience, if I grade it, it was a C. It just, and, and just the idea that people are still masked up and everything just didn't feel homey. It didn't feel uncomfortable. You can't try to tell people that you can't get the same experience in a, um, at home that you can in the theater when people are still feel uncomfortable about even just breathing air in there. And you have to be where you have to be um, conformed to wearing a mask in there. I mean, yes, for the safety of people who have not been vaccinated yet. Absolutely. But it's going to take time. It's really going to take time. But the good thing is that, you know, more people are getting vaccinated. So people are going to be able to, you know, those restrictions are slowly, slowly, you know, 
going down depending on where you go target you don't have to wear a mask anymore some places you do best buy is kind of a mixed bag they haven't really said you could or haven't or whatever there's someone that was and some that wasn't um it's just it's going to take time but I, it's transitioning right now but uh i'm gonna try it again i'm not gonna judge it all but like if i was to give it an end all be all for this particular theater for a cinemark it, it's a c it's just i didn't feel that must it didn't have that experience that i was that i was remembering but that i always go to like the imax theater at king of pressure for that i usually go to um which is probably where we should have went actually you know the imax is probably one of the second best theaters that we go to in united artists and king of pressure but then there was also um which one uh movie tavern which is the best of them all i mean just the restaurant experience and everything you can't beat it all right so nonetheless we went to go see fast nine there and 20 years of the fast saga continues 20 years 2001 this thing came out man I cannot believe this movie you got is a lot of you who remember who when this movie first came out this movie was already you know people already doomed this movie to be a straight to dvd type of movie like the first one because back then there were movies that came out and if they were good then they would have a cheaper follow-up afterwards by going you know straight to dvd sequels and different things like that no they did not go this direction they had too fast too furious afterwards that hit the theaters and um rest in peace to the legendary john singleton he did that one but it was also known as the least favorite of all the sagas absolutely and then things change justin lynn came in i think he did tokyo drift if i'm correct he uh which was when i began to love the fast and the furious saga and i i man i i it, mostly because my love of uh, tokyo japan and my love of japan period and i love that the setting was in japan and it, yes it was in fact the the uh the debut uh directorial debut of justin lynn and I think because of that movie, and trust me, if people think that there are people out there who's going to try to say that that movie was not good or it wasn't their favorite. No, Tokyo Drift was awesome. And by the way, it was so awesome that Justin Lin is now doing every single movie. OK, the soundtrack was boss. It was that soundtrack was fire as hell. I, me and my wife love the Tokyo Drift soundtrack. OK, it was so much great for it uh, from it. Um, they had new characters in there. You know, Lucas Black was in there, too. And um it, it it really really changed the game you had the, the debut of han which plays which all that you had twinkie uh from bow wow all of these play in to this movie <laughs> which is awesome and that's why i mentioned it as well but justin lynn he he's been doing so well for these last few movies and guess what fast nine doesn't it it it, it maintains it doesn't miss a beat much like the marvel cinematic universe this over the top movie does not miss a beat at all it is i, I enjoyed this movie immensely it like there was so much to this it was awesome so the saga continues as dom's brother jacob toretto enters the scene jacob toretto brings in the debut of john cena into the fast world now we got the rock and now we got john cena in there this is very interesting. There's a dynamic between Vin Diesel, um, Tyrese, John Cena, and, and Dwayne Johnson and all this. 
say for what you will, but there's a there's a degree here of you know outside story that goes along with that. But I digress. Um, you know, he enters the scene as a hired spy who is set out to retrieve a supercomputer that can take over any form of computers in the world, any binary code or whatever. Um, we also see the return of Cipher who has been apprehended by Jacob in the process. Now, here's the thing. A lot of the stories on, especially IMDB, the stories here, tell uh, is, it explains here that Cypher enlists the help of Jacob. That's not the case. When we go into the movie, she's apprehended. She's in a jail cell. They're holding her back. They're trying to prove that they can outsmart uh, Dom. And she's like, nope, you're going to you're going to be in for a surprise. And you're going to be very disappointed. <laughs> this um, Cypher. She's probably one of she absolutely has been one of the best characters. I say Han is my favorite protagonist character in this in this series out of all the villains that they had in this series uh charlie's theron who plays cypher and i didn't realize that she's the same person who plays in one of my other uh who plays in one of my other favorite uh movies which uh ha which is with um long shot it's long shot with seth rogan i love that movie that movie was awesome and I love it because it just tells me how great of an actor she is. And those two characters that she played in long, the long shot when she plays the uh, vice president trying to, you know, go run for campaign. And this villain are night and day. All both great, all great characters. But her as a villain is just fantastic. I She made me hate her in the last movie, especially when she killed uh, Dom's girlfriend, who was the cop, the Brazilian cop and you know had the one that he has a kid with that they call brian named after paul walker character brian so man it, it, it's just been crazy but she's back and she's in full control even in even in the cell she knows exactly how to manipulate these people um he uh jacob is working with um a dignitary i guess of another country named Otto, played by uh though Esther, I'm going to butcher his name out so bad. Uh, Erstet Res, uh, Rasmussen. And it's a guy I've never seen before, but he's been, he was awesome in here. Um, so he's kind of, he, he's a prince, sort of, sort of speak, of another country. And he has a lot of power. He hired Jacob to retrieve this computer for him so he can be even more powerful than his father. So you have that situation going in. Um, Dom and Letty, you know, let Michelle Rodriguez, for God's sakes, say what you will. She has died in so many films in the past. And we thought she died of this one, but this is the one film that she managed to stay alive in. Like they she's she's gotten more death scenes than anybody I've ever seen before. She's rivaled a lot of people people for death scenes in here. But um, you know, she's here, she's back with her, she's you know, with uh Dom and they moved into a farm. Uh, they don't have any cell reception there. They're not being contacted by anybody. Anybody who comes over there, they're getting shot. That's how bad they are. And lo and behold, Tyrese and Ludacris and Ramsey comes back to tell them that Mr. Nobody played by um, Kurt Russell. Just, God, the level of this movie and the, and the talent that they get for, for these movies in the last 20 years has just been so great. So... 
Kurt Russell is who played Mr. Nobody and we learned that he's kind of like the Nick Fury of the uh, series here and hired them to handle certain missions or whatever like that. He has been, you know, he's been taken down. He uh, has been compromised and taken down possibly by Jacob and Otto and, um, and the rest. They retrieve uh, Cypher from them and that's how this whole thing starts. So it it wasn't like ID, IMDB needs to change that because they wasn't, you know, enlisted by Jake. Um, Cypher didn't enlist the help of Jacob as what we thought it was going to happen. It was in fact that they retrieved her from Mr. Nobody. And that's how that went about. So we find out a lot of things here. Uh, first of all, what we don't find out is where the hell is Mr. Nobody? They throughout this whole entire film, they never revealed what happened to him. We also, you know, find out that they're going to try to um, retrieve. So the whole thing, the McGovern of this film is these two halves of this supercomputer that they need to retrieve from Otto before he gets it and, and before Jacob actually gets it. So they're going around the world. You know what's going to happen. They're going around the world, traveling, driving, going through car chases, finding ended up at really hot parties with hot women. It's, you know, it's the whole entire thing that, that you can't have fast. Um, in the Furious Saga without having those elements there. Always. And at this time, the party that they had was just nothing but women. <laughs> this time around. The confrontation with John Cena, uh, character Jacob, and uh, Toretto, the brothers. I love this new dynamic that they have for each other. Um, I'm pretty sure that John Cena in real life is Caucasian, but for some reason, he kind of he kind of gels right in. He works. He's John Cena is a great actor in a sense, not like a award-winning actor, but I think his charisma allows him to gel right into roles the same way that The Rock did. He has a very genuine type of added, you know, persona and charisma about him that works very well on film, much like Will Smith did, much like um, Dwayne Johnson did. And that's why he's starting to be on the rise too. And to um, another professional wrestler's credit, Dave Bautista, you know? And I thought he did really well here. Um, I've always been a fan of John Cena, not the way that they written him and portrayed him later on after the thugonomics thing. But when he became the GI Joe Cena, I had, it just got so overbearingly because fans wanted to see him be him. And we knew he, we, he was capable of, but you know, Vince McMahon wouldn't allow it. They wanted him to be the new Hulk Hogan. In a sense he was, and in a lot of sense, in a lot of ways he was better both in and out of the uh of the ring and now we get to see him be him and i love this this version of john cena this this generation of john cena right now he's finally i hope he stays to be honest hope he completely finishes with um professional wrestling he's did he did everything he needed to do there he doesn't need to do anything else so uh, I'm looking forward to him and Suicide Squad. I loved him in here. Did a great job. We also see Tyrese and, and Ludacris, who always are a great duo, and Ramsey along with them. And the antics that they do throughout the whole entire film has been great, including this narrative that Tyrese keeps creating that they are invincible because he reminds both them and the, and the audience that they've been through a lot of hell. They survived a lot and that they were they went through everything they they fought tanks they fought everything what are they going to do next well we find out what they're going to do next it's been rumored for last few years now that they were going to be going into space and that is exactly what they did and it did you know what's the funny part about it 
as over the top as these movies, these fast movies has been, it's over the top, but it was, it's still fun and it makes sense. And it just works it, for some reason, based around the stories that they made, it just works out in here. And I loved it. I love everything about it. Now, how they got to space was also great too, because they had the help of some old friends, which Justin Lin reunited all the fans with the Tokyo Drift crew. We got Shad Moss um, as Twinkie, aka Shad Moss, aka Bow Wow. Um, Twinkie's back. Uh, we got Lucas Black uh, is back, who um, who plays as Sean, and those are the characters that I, that really brought me into this. And um, the other, there's the other guy too. Um, which is not listed in here, strangely. The um, the other uh, Japanese guy that they hung around with in Tokyo, they all hung. To, they're all now working together. They're building different engines. They're building rocket engines at that, and they're testing out. I don't know where the hell they get this money from, but they're testing out rocket engines to be able to be uh, to be able to link up to cars and for it to be as fast as a jet. And this is where the connection of. Um, of Roman and Tej um, come in as they meet up with them and they're being sent to get some really good cars for them to work with that. So that's how they ended up in space. It's a really fun situation. The best one of my favorite lines in the uh, in the movie was when Tyrese was like, it's two brothers from the ghetto in space right now. You know, we can never they'll never believe us. <laughs> when we get out of this and it was hilarious it was really hilarious i like the fact that also that they made us believe they always make us believe and they always go through these cliffhangers where it looks like somebody's going to die in a series but they wind up not and even if you kind of know that they're not it almost feels like they really are so they i felt like they really do a good job with that they did that with um dom where there was a part where he looked like he was going to sacrifice himself and i'm like but that didn't make sense because how are he's how is that going to work and he's going to solve his problem with jacob it, it just felt oh it just felt very not even open-ended it just felt illogical but luckily you know that was a reverter thanks to letty you know who's always played the ride or die you know chick in the, in the game so i thought that was awesome we also get the return of uh georgiana brewster as mia you know dom's brother i mean it makes sense that she had to come in because it involves jacob and we also see I, I failed to um, talk about the flashbacks too. Um, it started off with the flashback of Dom, or there's two um, actors that were playing like a young version of Dom and a young version of Jacob. Um, Finn Cole played the young um, Jacob, but they don't have who listed the guy who played Dom here on, on IMDb, I, which was funny because the guy who played young Dom really didn't li didn't look like Dom at all. I didn't know if. They, the casting was limited due to the pandemic, whatever like that. But he, for the best part, his portrayal of Dom was good. He just didn't look like Dom. Like it, it like his head was rounder. It, you know, I'm like, they really couldn't find anybody to portray a guy who kind of looks like him and look like he could mold into it. It's like, you can't have a round head and then mold into a long head. It just doesn't work that way. But it told a story. It did what it could. The guy, uh, Finn Cole, who played um, young Jacob, actually did kind of look like John Cena and looked like he could have molded into John Cena after a while. Um, and I like the fact that Cypher mentioned the jaw structure of Cena 
<laughs> and how they actually do connect because they don't look like each other in a sense but you know she she kind of made sense of it i like that they entered that and they made sense of that as well but i'll tell you this one of the biggest mysteries that i've been waiting to hear is the return of sung kang as han and absolutely i've said this before he's one of my favorite characters of all of the and he's the reason why i love the fast and the furious saga han he was kind of the he's kind of like the richard gear of the crew he's just cool as hell laid back um you know how cool it, for those who watched um pretty woman you know richard gear played one of the most swaggiest dudes ever and han kind of plays in that factor he's just all chill he never worries he's always you know even in in a, in a face of danger he's just chill he's always eating a bag of something <laughs> and he's just cool and you know what's funny because Justin Lin also did a movie a long time ago with him and people are still, wow, he played a family guy. Interesting. Um, <laughs> he played in a, in a movie a long time ago that people are still wondering whether it's connected that Justin Lin made. And he, he played a role by the name of Han in there as well called Better Luck Tomorrow. If you, I highly recommend everybody watch that movie. It's an awesome movie. Better Luck Tomorrow is kind of like the uh, Stand By Me type of storyline involving an all Asian cast. And, you know, um, once again, um, Kang plays a character named Han and his portrayal is exactly like that is exactly the same way that it was in Tokyo Drift. So because Justin Lin directed this movie, people were, are still wondering whether it had anything to do with, you know, is there a connection between Better Luck Tomorrow and the Fast Saga? That still remains to this day. Uh, many people believe it does. I'm just going to say it, it really feels like it does in this case. But we finally get to see and we we learn how he comes back to life so that whole death scene in tokyo drift which everybody was pissed off which we find out that it was caused by deckard shaw was all a work was all a work thanks to mr nobody because we find out we soon find out in the series because when they find out that uh han is an agent working for mr nobody and he has connections to the whole entire um to the computer that the, 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 the computer spear that they are looking for they are in search of clues for han or clues for uh actual whereabouts of the information that they can find to get the code that will ignite this whole entire thing so you got letty and mia who ends up going to tokyo japan and traveling there to find out and not only do they find out clues we get a new uh character in ellie who's somebody that Han is looking after. And then they discover that Han is still alive. And then we find out all this information from there. So the, everything about his whereabouts made so much sense. They did a great job following up on why this man is still alive, why I am happy as hell. And it, it totally makes sense. He's an agent working for uh, Mr. Nobody and he wanted to bring him in since. Um, and they showed a flashback with uh, Oh God, I forgot the um, Wonder Woman. <laughs> I totally, I'm totally blanking out on um, 
Gal Gadot. Uh, Gal Gadot. Yeah. They, you know, if you guys remember, she was originally, this is how she got the role for, if I'm correct, that's how she got the role for Wonder Woman was because of, you know, her performance in the Fast series. And they felt she was a big, a great pick for that. And she ended up dying uh, in the later series. So that's when Mr. Nobody came in because he felt that he could trust Han. And Aaron, that's when he became an agent. And he was the one that retrieved not only the uh, computer, but also Ellie, who was the daughter of the people who designed it and created it. And they didn't want it to fall into bad hands. They ended up dying in a uh, car crash. And he ended up, you know, fostering her the whole entire time. And also apparently training her because she was absolutely badass. Anna Sawai uh, plays this role. And apparently she hasn't played in many roles since um, Ninja Assassin way back then. Um, I think it's time to start hiring her more because she was absolutely fantastic here. Also, she was no joke here. So we got a new character. It looks like she's going to be back in uh, in this series as well. Another interesting uh, form of character development is Natalie Emmanuel, who plays Ramsey. And we discover that she does not, she's never drive, driven before. She's not uh, driving, but she got a crash course at this point and also discovering how to use the magnets, which became a very fun element to the car chases in this whole entire series as well. It was just wild. <laughs> it's just so wild. So it looks like I guarantee because uh, spoiler alert for those who haven't, who've been listening to this by now. She is coming. They're coming back with another series. And I, I really want this to be the last movie. And I'll talk about that in a second. But um, Ramsey, I I think by the time the next movie's coming, Ramsey's going to be a full on uh, professional driver. They're going to teach her how to drive at this point. So but she had a really crash course doing so. And it just it led into some really fun times. We also see um, Helen Merrim back as Queenie for a little segment, you know, uh, so the Shaw, the, the Shaw branch came in. So we got a chance to see that as well. It's going to be some interesting things. Overall, this movie did not miss a beat at all. Justin Lin does what he does best with this series. He is the reason why Fast and the Furious has lasted 20 years. There's no doubt about that. He is absolutely the absolute reason. He's done a tremendous job. I'm a big fan of him at this point for making some great action-packed movies movies that we don't have to judge whether this should deserve an oscar or not it's just all out fun and he's done it tyrese was awesome i'm glad to see that he's back in you know movies and he's back on the flow he's getting paid um ludicrous everybody the whole crew was just awesome and they also did some great mentions and tributes to paul walker as well still in the universe of fast even though we don't get the chance to see him uh they just you know, had some really great moments mentioning him and they named the kid after him as well. So a lot of great tributes to that. I this this movie was just awesome. I love it. I love the fact that they made us think that Cypher was going to die. <laughs> she did. They did a Guardians of the Galaxy with Cypher, by the way, and I thought that was pretty awesome. I was so excited and I, 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 I actually yelled out in the theater not really aggressively or loudly not like i did when i when uh i discovered that thanos was going to be a part of the marvel cinematic universe at the end of uh, avengers but i was like yes they finally got her and he got his revenge and apparently that wasn't the case because if you watch guardians of the galaxy volume two then you know that you know when they were chasing the characters chasing the guardians of the galaxy with the ships that it was done remotely 
they did the exact same thing. They pulled the exact same thing on here. Cypher was not in the uh, in the plane and the jet. It was a drone, and she's still alive. And that's how we we last seen her leaving off. So, like Cobra Commander, like Lex Luthor of the Legion of Doom, they fight to see another. They um, live to see another day. And I think the next one is going to be the one where she finally gets it. It has to be. Um, the, and I love the fact that they're still keeping her alive because one, it is something that we haven't seen in a long time in, in movies. And the longer you keep people alive, the stronger they become. When Tim Burton killed the Joker off in the 89 Batman, it started a trend. And that trend was just, all right, kill off these guys. Cause it's something that you never do because I mean, there was a, it was an imbalance back then where you always see the bad guy get away. And Tim Burton was like, okay, this time. The, the 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 bad guy is not getting away. I'm going to be the one to, to off the main bad guy. And it's something that we never seen before. And then we started seeing it a lot more. And we started seeing it a lot more. And it was just became the new trend where they kill off some of the biggest villains ever on one movie instead of being able to drag them on. Well, we've seen so much that now it's time to balance it off. Now it's time to now we see these characters come back. Because especially if they're being portrayed really well, we want to see them come back and then eventually get with this what is coming to him but we need to enjoy him a little bit more and eventually that happens and that's that was the original star wars way we get to see darth vader three times and then in the third time eventually he gets taken we get to see now baron um oh god i was about to say baron mondu um and i was falcon and the winter soldier Yeah, we get to see Baron Zemo. I'm blanking out big time this week. <laughs> we get to see Baron Zemo more than once. You know, we see him in Civil War. We see him in this series. And who knows? We may see him again. He's still alive. We we haven't seen where um, the Leaper is at as well. I mean, he's still alive. Um, we need to see this. And then eventually, if they get killed off, that's a whole other thing. We thought Han was killed off. He's back. You know, and it's just awesome. You know, we, keeping us in suspense like that is just fantastic. Um, dude, this was so entertaining. I forgot to mention we did we did get to see an old face from the original series too. Um, Shia Wigman, uh, Wickham, uh, came back as Stasiak. If you guys remember, that's the guy who Brian actually punched in the nose, and I love that they kept his nose still broken. He did not change his straw. He could have he could have got like plastic surgery ages ago, but it was almost like a a tribute. To Paul Walker again because he never changed that nose. He's that nose was still severely restructured. <laughs> but he came in and gave a favor to Dom and him. It was just really a lot of fun to see that. So it's pretty awesome. And the very last thing I should mention here is the end credit scene, which gives us the return of Deckard Shaw into the actual main series. What he's doing basically, we see this guy who is intensely and aggressively beating on this this punching bag and this kick bag, uh, bag was more of a punching bag, but we see him doing martial arts and doing kicks and, uh, you know, liver kicks and all this stuff and just beating it down crazy. And lo and behold, he takes the hood down and there's Deckard Shaw played by Jason Statham. So we get to see him return to the uh, main series, but he unzips the, uh, punching bag and it is auto <laughs> of all people looking battered and bruised like crazy. And he's trying to get all of the, uh, this, 
thumb drive of information from which he already retrieved, but he's still just for the sake of it, just beating the hell out of him. So he, uh, we hear the door knocking in his, in his apartment or whatever he's at right there. And he zips him back up and he goes to the door and lo and behold, it's Han and Deckard Shaw is at, he's at awe by him at there. And then also Han is looking right there. Here's my thought. And they just left it at that. Here's my thought on that situation. I don't think Han is any way near mad at him because if I was if I was correct, they were all in on it. So what I'm gonna think is ha what I think is gonna happen is that we may see another spinoff series coming that could be introduced uh, as Shaw and Han working together. I can easily see that, or it could be Hobbs and Shaw too. And Han is in on it this time. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm all for this because this dynamic is going to be absolutely great. So bring it, bring it all. I am all here for it. Uh, so yeah, man, overall, I loved it. It didn't miss a beat, like I said, and they managed to reconnect a lot of the elements of the other movies and bring them together and make them relevant again. And like the Tokyo Drift, I mean, they really did close the book on the Tokyo Drift, especially at the end when, of course, they all have a family gathering, which they do in every movie. And I, I'm still not tired of that yet, by the way. I just love it. It's all about family. And we get to see Sean and Han reunite for the first time since Tokyo Drift. And, they, and, and, and Twinkie and the rest of the gang that knew him and hung with him back then to see that he's still alive. It was a great moment. You know, by the way, Lucas Black, I know he's been playing in other shows or whatever like that, but boy, he is, I want to say he didn't age well per se, but he looked very, yeah, he's in, he's been in like, uh, the NCIS series and everything. I don't know what happened. He, he looks a lot leaner than he did before. I don't know what's going on, but he looked way older and leaner than he did before, but for what is worth, he was great. They were more like a comedy act this time around. So, but still worked very well with the uh, series. And I absolutely, it was great to see them all there. And I I really enjoyed it as a fan of the series. And, um, you know, there are hardcore fans of the Fast series and there are people who just are outside of the bubble. So if you, if you look at reviews, of this of people's opinion of the series you got to understand whether they are actual fans or the actual critics who just are critiquing an actual movie if you're a fan of the series and you say that you didn't like the movie that's an understandable thing but i doubt you will if you're a fan of movie the chances are that you're gonna love the action pack situation only people who are gonna enjoy it are fans of the situation so i mean just put it to that interest but as a fan of this series, it didn't let me down at all. And for that, it gets a grade of A. Absolutely. From start to finish, I enjoyed it. I left out of the theater. Very excited. My wife, who's a huge Fast and Furious fan. And so much so that I'm always afraid to drive with her because she drives every single time when we go to a Fast and Furious movie. And the minute that that movie's over, we are suddenly going a little bit faster than normal. We are suddenly... We're suddenly making moves that she never normally does outside of the realm of Fast and the Furious. So during the time that we watch it, it's like, this is why I need to watch it at home, <laughs> not at theater. And not only that, the funny thing is too, two and a half hour, two, two hours and 25 minutes of this movie. We thought that we were, we thought we parked at a 
meter spot. We thought that we were gonna make it out fast enough to, you know, before the meter. Nope, that didn't happen. A whole lot of us in that in that block that went to go see that movie got tickets. <laughs> so we weren't fast enough to get out of there, but we were definitely furious. So that is it. That is it for this. I give it an A. Go out of your way to check it out. I hope you can get to see it in theaters. I hope you should get to see it in theaters. It's time. It's time to return back. Folks, that will do it for this episode of Talk Time Live Prime. Thank you for joining us as always. I hope you enjoy this in every episode. And if you get a chance, if you want to see every episode, there are plenty of places to check it out. First and foremost, go to TalkTimeLive.com because not only you can see or um, download all the episodes or listen to all the episodes there. You can also check out other content as well that is on a page, including our live exclusive uh, videos or talk time live exclusive interviews with uh, various people in the world of uh, uh, like from animators to, I mean, you name it. You got, we got animate people and actors. We got game developers. We got, um, you know, artists, actual comic book artist and manga artist uh that has been on the show we got recording artists that has been on the show well we got other great guests from cosplayers and everything that has been on air uh it's just a host of them you can check it you can listen to the podcast on talktimelive.com and find that's the thing the difference between um subscribing and downloading which i do say subscribe and download but if you're always looking for a particular actor or whatever that has been on the show, you could go to talktomelive.com. You could go to the podcast page. You can go on the search engine, type in their name, or if you want to just listen to or listen or see all of the people that we got a chance to talk to, you can type in TTL exclusive and all of the episodes of everybody that we've ever had on a show will come up and you can listen to them right then and there. All of them. This is about like 50 interviews that I've done uh, for this show from some of your favorite actors and, you know, video game developers and whatnot are all here. Um, you can also check out our exclusive videos with those people as well. One that is not in the podcast is the Kevin Conroy press, uh, interview that I did, which you, if you're a fan of Batman and you're a fan of the legendary Kevin Conroy, you don't want to miss that one. You go out of your way to check that one. Brian Donovan, who plays, uh, Rock Lee on Naruto really great interview a highly viewed interview uh interview that i did as well uh great casavan is on air as well megaran uh chamba ariel johnson you name it just a whole slew of great people and more to come trust me but that's not all remember i recently did the panels for repop metaverse that is also now on talktimelive.com so if you have a hard time finding it on youtube or online i have it all on my media page which is dedicated to media events as well as the all of the uh, metaverse uh, panels that I recently did this month. Um, Bleachcast, uh, Sailor Moon, and that time I got reincarnated as a slime. Uh, I also got clips from the My Hero Academia cast and the original Pokemon cast as well on there and many, many and much, much more. So there are blogs and everything there. You can go check it out there. If you want to subscribe and download on your one of your favorite podcast platforms, we got it there too. You could go to Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pandora, and Pocket Cast, and of course, my people at Tumblr. I always upload there. You can listen to it there and uh, enjoy it however you want to. So folks, that is all for me. I hope you have a great week, but 
next week, I will be reviewing Dragon, uh, Demon Slayer, the movie that just came out uh, in theaters, and now it's on Funimation, so I get a chance to check it out. I'm going to check it out there as well. We also have Dynasty Warrior coming as well, so I may do a double. I may do a double uh, review for that. Uh, this is going to be a very interesting week as well. Just so many, so many movies coming out. It's insane. Uh, in the course of June, uh, then we got also Space Jam coming up. We next the week afterwards, it's going to be Black Widow. Absolutely. So we're going to talk about that fully and give my thoughts on that one and whatever surprises that's going to have. Um, low key, more low key news and more whatever is coming. All of it. Uh, Select Start will be back this week as I will be reviewing uh, Scarlet Nexus. Um, there's a new Pokemon game in Japan that I had a chance to play uh, that hopefully will be coming out to the US. I I really, really hope this one come in. We'll talk about that uh, as well as some other uh, things. The demo to uh, The World Ends With You. I can't wait to talk about that. There's a lot of uh, gaming news and things to discuss there too. So stay tuned for all that and much, much more. So that'll do it for me, folks. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. People, have a great week. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.